Welcome back to another episode of Social Experiment. We are back and it's Sophia and Kai. How have you been? Other than being swamped by work. Literally, that's all that's been happening. I'm starting the gym today. Ooh. Yep, and I'm starting my cleanse tomorrow. I love love the consistency. Right after our episode about... um, terrible eating habits or like okay guys we're back on a diet <laughs> let's keep the same I'm energy all that talk of doing my work and <laughs> sometimes you just have to you just have to talk about it it doesn't, doesn't mean things will change or anything no it just means we're very aware of the situation I know right <laughs> how shitty it is <laughs> Are we aware to make the necessary change? No. But because you still want the body. You still want the body. Exactly. It's like, I know the world is fat phobic, but again, that's what I have to do. Like, I just don't want to be fat anymore. I just want to go to my size 12 body. I'm not even asking for much. I just want to go two sizes down because I'm a 14 now. Just two. Mm-hmm. Down to a 13 and then a 14. In fact, one size down because it's 12, 14, 16. One. I just need to go one size down and tone up. I'm not even asking for a lot. If I wanted to be a size 10, now we're pushing it. Size 12, <laughs> that's where the problem is. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not even asking for too much. Just Honestly, a size true. 12 with toned stomach. That's the dream body for me, but look at me now. I need to lose the weight. First of all, I'm, Wait, I I'm didn't even... say hi yet. You didn't say hi. Oh, yes, you haven't. No, you know when you're using me. <laughs> no. We usually say welcome back, guys. I say welcome, hi guys, but I didn't. You didn't do that this time. Sorry, my love. <laughs> we hit the ground rolling. Hi guys. <laughs> I carried it and went. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, wait, where's my cue to say You're hi, like, guys? This is not asking me to say this? hi. Why is she not asking? <laughs> No. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Kai's alive, guys. Yeah. Should I'm just... on a, you know what? Yeah. I came to this house and they had Disney Plus. But I have been so hogged down with work that I could not even like watch Black is King. The moment I wanted to click to sit down and watch my work my boss one of the guys i worked with just text, texted me and i'm just like okay there, there you go there's no time watch there's no time but i it's but okay. I, have since I have since snippets um so first of all i did a poll on our instagram page and i asked people if they wanted an opinion on what we thought about Black is King as a follow-up to that episode that we had about Black art and activism. And for those that responded to the poll, they said yes, they would like to hear what we thought. But we don't want to dwell too much on it, so we're just going to like quickly just like summarize what we think about it or what we thought about it, having seen it. Um, and then, yeah, and also guys, please do follow our Instagram page. I'll put the thing on the description. I think it's like social X pod, social X underscore pod, maybe. I'll put the maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, follow us and like just to get more information on what we'll be doing and whenever we have questions, we'll just ask them there. But yes, so thoughts on Black is King. You know what? Since I watched the whole thing, and then you'll tell me whether you agree with my statements or whatnot and uh yes so since i watched the full thing and then you'll tell me if you agree with some of the things that i said or not first of all i'm not taking anything back that was said previously in that other episode that still remains <laughs> those points still stand but what i'm going to add to this and it's going to turn perfectly with our conversation for today which we'll introduce shortly, but it was, so I watched it, and I was like, okay, it was nice, it was well shot, it was beautiful gowns, lovely gowns, 
<laughs> gowns, beautiful gowns. And um, I got the sim- some of the symbolism. Obviously, I had to go back and see like those blogs and everything because I don't think you can get everything in one sitting because a lot of it is there. And obviously, I'm not... Um, I'm not that knowledgeable about the different cultures and different aspects in it, uh-huh. all of them. So like, I was like, okay, cool. And then it was nice. You were seeing the, the music, the dancing, obviously the album was great. Um, the Africans came, they showed up and they showed up. Um, and that was like fun. That was the fun part just to see um, Africans like being represented and being the ones that are kind of telling their stories. And I say kind of because mm-hmm. it's still Beyonce and Disney like who have the power here. Mm-hmm. And um, But it was nice for them to share that stage and to be on such a big platform. And and I like I got the whole excitement and people celebrating over that. And it's something worth celebrating. Um, the whole thing of representation and visibility, which is something we're going to talk about today. And... Um, mm-hmm. So I got that when Bramson Girl played, you know, a young tear here and there. I was like, wow, this is so nice. It's so beautiful. And you can imagine the impact of people hearing that song, like young brown, dark-skinned girls hearing that song um, and being like that being an anthem and affirming and everything. But still, with all the positives and everything <laughs> else, it still stands that... There's just, with all of that, I was like, mm-hmm. I get the excitement of getting a seat at the table, but mm-hmm. it just left me with so much, so many more answers, uh, questions than answers in terms of what now, you know, like, what does mm-hmm. this mean? Okay. Like, we got a seat at the table, but we still don't own at the table, right? It's like, mm-hmm. can we... Can we, like, can we surpass this, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it's not to say, like, I'm, I doubt our capabilities and everything, but I still, mm-hmm. like, firmly believe that they're gatekeepers of this thing, right? And mm-hmm. even the fact that it was Beyonce's faces on there that was supposedly mm-hmm. elevating our voices shows that there's gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I still stand by the words that were said previously on that other episode, all the critique, I stand by it. And I also yeah. like acknowledge all the positivity out of it. Like I think those two things exist together. What do you okay. Think? Um, honestly, I think that's what we've been saying. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I also don't take back because I did not watch the full thing because I refused to support Disney. However, I did see snippets of it on like Twitter, like people were posting full on like song, like parts of the clips on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I did see that. And again, like I agree with you. I think it was beautifully done. The costumes were amazing. The choreography, amazing. Like, as you would expect of, like, a Beyonce film or performance. Amazing. And I think she's a great performer. However, Mm -hmm. when it comes to representation, I think the video or I think the film... What would I say? I think it... I think we were visible. I think African... I don't even want to say African culture because it also seemed like a mishmash of things there. Um, <laughs> what am I trying to say? I think it definitely helps with visibility mm-hmm. because of Beyonce. I don't think that is correct. I think they they became international way before the album, the gift album, and now this film. Yeah. But yeah. I do think sort of them, Jay Z and Beyonce, sharing that space with them, sharing the stage with them, helped with increase their visibility, increase the already the visibility they already had. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I don't know what that does for, I don't know what sort of this media representation does for political representation of African lives and African culture and African issues, which is what I would, I don't know. I, 
I, yeah, I don't know what, because I feel like those are two different things. Like, mm-hmm. are we, I, I understand the positivity. Like, I am for it. It was brilliant, brilliantly done, shared the stage, but I just don't understand when folks sort of tout it as this, massive thing when it comes to representation media representation maybe yes but i don't know how far i would be willing to push it beyond that you know it's like you know what i'm saying it's like it's here because i don't know how we're actively addressing african issues cultures traditions or what or what you what have it yeah, because it's like um, what social impact you know? does that represent? Yes, yeah, exactly. Like the social impact. How are we actively addressing the needs, whether it be political, whether it be social? How are we actively engaging with the continent and its cultures? Are we really actively engaging? And does Beyonce's film actively engages with African culture or tradition or politics kind of thing? But I do still, again, I still, I do still stand by my critique, as in I do think there's a lot of homogenization that goes on when folks think of wanting to engage with the continent, and it's many diverse cultures. I also do think there's this imagined prehistoric utopia kind of thing, and it's like I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's ahistoric. Actually, I shouldn't say historic. Um, so yeah, I just, again, just like you said, I still stand by my critique and I think it's, I think the two can coexist. I think it can be a brilliantly done work of art that is still worthy of critique, particularly with Beyonce's power and fame and what have you. But I also don't like the fact that for those who did critique the film, Mm -hmm folks harass them off of Twitter. Yeah. I don't think that's okay. I don't think in one breath you all can make an argument for Black empowerment and on the next mm-hmm. you're harassing Black women to the point they have to leave Twitter. They yeah. have to take a break off of Twitter. I don't think the two can... And it was so it. funny it's, too because it was mostly it really Black was. women who were being targeted and harassed and on the other yeah. hand they're saying celebrating this film that showcased the beauty of black women and black oh, girls but still you're tearing down black women in the same breath the ultimate irony and they literally go back to the same tropes the mm-hmm. same stereotypes that sort of the i i would say brown single tries to like con- not condemn but like counter i think that's yeah. the word they still go to this do they still I guess fall back in the same um, racialized insult or what have you, and I'm just like, this is not okay. And I don't know how the irony is lost on you, or maybe it's just not. But I just don't think it was necessary. Like it's a film, guys. It's not that deep. Mm-hmm. Clearly, y'all thought Black Panther was going to be a cultural revolution. Still waiting for it. It's a film. Like, let's relax. It's here the moment it's gone. Then, like, let's stop harassing folks. Like, please. It was brilliantly done. It is Beyonce. She's a great performer, but I don't think we should be going after like black women to the point where they have to like leave Twitter. It was really bad, and it was not okay. It really wasn't okay. But you know, people go hard for the queen bee. The hives, you need to stay away. The beehives, the hives, you know, <laughs> hectic. Um, but yeah, I think this brings us to what we'd like to talk about today. Yes. Visibility mm-hmm. and representation and what that means for Africans in the diaspora and what that means for international students who also are part of the diaspora. Mm-hmm. Sasia, do you want to take us off? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I've been, I've just been thinking about how schools are opening soon and most of us are returning back to school (laughs) and how it's just been a crazy, crazy, crazy couple of months, right? And in terms of, um, just all the racial injustices, um, that have been happening in the United States and that are continuously occurring 
and how we've been talking a lot about um, holding institutions and particularly college institutions to a higher standard and just calling out where we felt the need to call out and all this happening whilst we're away from the schools, right? And now we're in this process of returning into that same space. And we we hope to see some changes. I'm not sure if we will start seeing these changes soon or sooner or later. But um, I've just been thinking. And in this, you know, this discourse, there's always... A lot of conversations about representation and visibility and how um, the answer to our problems is somewhat having um, a representation um, of representative voices and positions of power that can influence the decision-making processes. Um, And this has been a thing for a while now, like whether it's like in political representation, media representation, um, just that having a diverse um, space is good, right? Because it moves us forward. And definitely, I agree um, to a certain extent that like we need to see um, a diversity all around. We need proper representation. We these are the things that will move us forward if um, that is the change that we desire. Um, And I am for it. You, affirmative action in the workplace and schools, yes. Super support. Um, However, I just, I don't know, I've been struggling a bit with representation being painted as the solution because I've been let down so much with by people who are in positions of power who are supposed to make decisions for people that look like me whether those people look differently from me or they look like me like you know you have um that token black person that's put up up there to to be the face and the voice of students of color, of black students, yet and still that very same person can be used to lure you guys into the system and just doesn't seem to have your best interest at heart. And you see that a lot in these institutions. And it's just the chat, basically, on representation and visibility is a very, I think, a very important one. And I think we need to talk more about it and find ways in which we can think beyond that and I don't know I don't know I'm just struggling I think I'm in the space where I'm just like um I think I'm in the space where I'm questioning a lot of things and being very critical of a lot of things and particularly a lot of um people in power and also like a lot of people in my own community you know and um I've always been, <laughs> so this is nothing new, trust nobody says, but you know that whole thing, not, I think I'm rambling right now. I no, I understand what you're saying. But like the whole thing. So it's like you having, uh, um, so things like the famous, is it, what is your name again? Angela, is it Angela Odrelot who said not all skin folk, yeah. is skin folk kind of thing? Yes, it's Zora Neale Hurston, I think. But like, oh, sorry, yeah, yes. like that kind of thing and how much we tend to think that seeing our faces or seeing someone that looks like us means mm-hmm. that we are in a much, a much safer environment, so to speak, mm-hmm. or that like the world is much more accepting if yeah. us, if the people in authority kind of look like us or if we see our ourselves Mm -hmm. reflected in someone kind of thing and I think I don't know I'm just like I'm in this like I don't I think I have more questions than answers and I just have a lot of thoughts than any conclusions on this yeah so and I actually wanted 
so I think this may be more of a question actually like African students in particular mm-hmm. on college campuses do you think we are visible and represented kind of thing I no hell no <laughs> um in terms of I just no because we I I always say this that like we are like literally at the bottom um of the packing order or whatever yeah and then within faculty right and I don't want to say understandably so in terms of that we're not on the continent um but the fact that there's no even proper representation of black faculty, let alone African faculty. Um, in my department, um, this is going, this semester, we recently hired um, the first ever political science um, professor who specializes in African politics. And this is like the first time I am literally taking an African politics class like this coming semester will be the first time ever um and it's all courtesy of this new hire and like that would just always like frustrate me because like you know love the continent I want to come back and work at home but it's like am I getting the proper appropriate knowledge on all these things Hell no, I lack in so many ways and like in my engagement and then as an African with African politics and um, all the things that I've had to learn, I've had to like outsource it, right? And um, yeah, and just even that says a lot about the fact that like we're not represented, we're not we're not part of the conversation um our countries are not like our lives and social issues are not part of the conversation it's a very like um american centric and very if anything europe centric and also middle east like now i'm speaking for my department as a whole because we all know the american fascination with the middle east um, so that's what we learn about for the most part. Middle Eastern politics are my thing because that's the closest I could get away from like American kind of politics. And um, so even in that, the fact that like I, I, I've struggled to find a safe space or like a, just an open environment as an African student on campus because even within the faculty, within, there's just barely anyone you can talk to and you can turn to for guidance, right? And, you know, and then, like, I remember going to D.C. and just meeting the most amazing women and being taught by the most, Afri- like, brilliant African scholars. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this. This is where life is. And it's just, yeah, in that, um there's genuinely a lack of support for African students, I believe, um, and a lack of, like, empathy and understanding. I think it's just, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I, so the reason why I wouldn't say we have moved beyond representation is because I don't think we've achieved representation, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think African Americans, I think Black people are visible culturally, mm-hmm. but aren't actually represented. So, like when we're speaking of like Skidmore and then our dean of student affairs being Black, I think Black students are visible on campus. I mean, partly due to tokenism, but I don't necessarily think we. I don't necessarily think blackness is being actively represented on our college campus, whether it's like our college newspaper or, you know, like our college media or even just 
the tiny, tiny politics we have within academic institutions, even looking mm -hmm. at tenure and, you know, like faculty and then come down to students and all these things. I don't necessarily think that our issues, issues that particularly have to deal with Black students on campus, I don't think they're being actively engaged with or addressed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think we, I, I think we may be visible on that campus again, because they like to like, you know, the, the <laughs> tokenism, just like throw us out there for numbers and stuff. But um, I don't think our needs, again, are being addressed. Yeah. I don't think our, you know, like, I don't think they're being addressed. And that's why I wouldn't go so far as to say we're beyond representation. But I definitely do agree that we would need more than just being visible and more than just representation as a solution to these issues. Mm. Um, and then there's also much to be said about how um, institutions bring students into a place that's not as open and inclusive, and then they burden um, those very same students with all these diversity strategies. Like it, it then falls on our laps to fix the problems that we don't create. Um, and ensure that the space is more welcoming for us when I think it should be the other way around. I think schools should create a welcoming space for their students and make sure that they're visible and seen and just represented in every, like, space. And it's just, it's wild, man. It's just, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Because and then you have to do the work for the institution but also you're being neglected and you're not being supported enough and there's just a whole lot of other things that go in and it's even like it takes a toll in all spheres of I guess your education like outside of academics and social life and also your mental health because there's not even um like someone who looks like me in the health center or in um the school counseling center and it's like that just tells you that like I don't know man and also like the whole I think honestly the diversity and inclusion campaigns need to just be tossed out honestly true. I, <laughs> like it may be a bold step but I I just think those just need to just be done away with I I, I don't know if there's like a good way to do these things there probably is someone probably have talked about it but the way i see this thing being the way i see these campaigns being carried out on campuses just do away with it i just i just want them to do away with it but um oh sorry mm -hmm. let, me, let me no no oh um i wanted to dial it back to something that you said actually which i think is so good and just and i think it is a good starting point actually you said something you differentiated well you separated representation and visibility right and yeah. you said you think black students are visible and just not represented yeah right and i think hmm, i think for me it's i was thinking of it in the sense of Hmm, that's I, I really like that statement and I'm like my wires my in my head are going off because I was approaching it in a way where like I was thinking representation mm -hmm. results or like it's first representation and then visibility kind of thing. Oh. I didn't think of it as you can be visible and still not be represented in like a space yeah. or type of thing and I think that's yeah that's a good place to like I think because to start I think you can achieve I think you can achieve visibility and not representation I think for example like just U.S. politics I think black people in America are culturally visible I mean mm -hmm. we see black culture in almost every aspect of American life but our black issues is black life represented in American politics? I don't think so, kind mm -hmm. of thing. Well, yeah. not enough anyways, you know, that type of thing. And that's why I always thought of it from that 
angle. Mm. So I definitely do think you can be visible. I think we are visible, maybe not highly if we're looking at Skidmore, you know, like international students or black students on Skidmore's campus. I think we are visible if we're looking at just the culture on Skidmore's campus. Yeah. However, I just don't think we're represented. Not in fact, not higher up as faculty, definitely not with the board. I don't see us actively engaging with blackness. No, no, nowhere on it. Like now that I'm thinking about it, besides the specific campaigns, the specific activities having to do with diversity and inclusion, I don't see us anywhere else. And I don't think that necessarily is us being represented. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. besides the whole, well, what is that? I think warm up Wednesdays, like activities specifically targeting diversity and inclusion, we are nowhere else to be found. Yeah. Definitely not within like the main culture and campus. So I think, I definitely think we can be visible and not represented. And that's what I see in, at Skidmore, and that's what I see within like just general U.S. popular, U.S. culture, or what have you, what you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, and that's why I am saying I think Beyonce's film is good for visibility. However, I don't know how how good it far is. I could, yeah, with representation, particularly mm-hmm. like political representation. Because we're almost always left out of the discourse, even within discourse like Black Lives Matter that you would think. In the very least, at least, I think it is good that it centers, I don't have an issue that it centers African Americans and Black people in America, because that's what the aim is, that's what the mission is. But I mean, even movements, like mainstream movements that you would even think would include African lives we're rarely ever, you know, we're rarely, our issues are rarely ever engaged with within dominant discourses. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I think, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah. it takes more than representation, but I don't even think we have achieved representation. Oh, I think ooh, folks just okay. like to like throw it out, but I don't think we've achieved representation. But I definitely agree with you that it would take more than representation to fix issues you know mm-hmm. but I don't even think that we've achieved representation mm. because think, like yeah yeah the way I was approaching it was in a kind of way where invisibility uh visibility comes with like the political power and huh. um in a way where like you can only be visible if your rights are like being honored and society is honoring you and your existence if you're being taken care of mm-hmm. you have the political will and political power to influence like decision making processes and everything and that's mm-hmm. where because part of me is like if you I'm are being secluded from those if you're being secluded from those spaces then you uh-huh. are invisible. You're being treated like you're invisible. As much as you uh-huh. still have like the cultural, I guess, kind of dominance or like influence in a certain way. Mm-hmm. If you're still, mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, okay, it's cute. Here we have Beyonce. We're seeing ourselves reflected. But what does that actually do? Do you- I know what you're saying. So... And I agree, but I think that I am, I don't think this is a new thought. I think I have just not come across it yet in any of my readings. Mm-hmm. So um, Ralph Ellison's book, The Invisible Man, speaks of, deals with this particularly like invisibility, Black people mm-hmm. being invisible, not because we're not there, but because the majority refuses to see us type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think we are, I think, I don't know. I think Black folks are visible culturally whilst being invisible in other aspects mm-hmm. kind of thing. Whilst being invisible in American, I, I don't know. I think, 
I think both are true, but I just don't know how to say it. I think we yeah. are visible as well as invisible, invisible. kind of thing. Because yeah. even if we don't, even if we take it back to skid more and just look at that little tiny microcosm of U.S., yeah. I guess if we say it's representative of U.S., it's not representative of the U.S. population, but our tiny school, even when we look then or there, sorry, it's like we are visible at the same time, invisible because we're not represented. Mm-hmm. Like if we're not actively engaging with our needs, whether it be social, whether it be political, economics, then I don't, you know, even with like, I don't know how to explain it, but like I understand what you're saying and I think you're correct. Like if you don't, if we don't have, I guess not even necessarily power if we're not recognized in spaces, which is what happens half the time. Yeah. Can you can we claim that we're visible? I think I think both can be true. And I think both are true for black folks in this country and even within like our tiny school skidmore. I think we're visible as well as invisible. I think we I think both are correct. I just don't know how to say it. I just don't know how yeah like eloquently say this or just like elaborate on this but I think it's true and I think both can be true and both are true but it's like I just don't I just don't and I think I think you are right I think black folks I think just like because that was the whole point of like uh, the book that I was talking about Ralph Ellison's book Mm -hmm. But I do think we do have some form of cultural visibility while still being invisible. I just don't know how to explain this. I really just don't know how to explain this. But I don't know. That is actually quite interesting. It's, quite, it's good that you brought it up because I think both are true. Yeah. Um, I just think. This is very... This is very <laughs> This is quite you know what this is reminding me of? Mm-hmm. Of the conversation we're trying to have. Was it like, oh, the COVID episode, I would think. We, we, we had one episode at the start of this pandemic. That was a very... It was just like... <laughs> we were like, <laughs> dang. And guys, this is not to say we, we've actually, we've read, we, we thought this through, we planned <laughs> this episode. <laughs> it's like, it's hard. No, these are issues that are hard to talk about. Like, it's difficult. Like, they're highly nuanced conversations. And nuanced conversations are not easy to have. To be quite honest. But, like, I, okay, I, I kind of, I like the, like, more, like, talking about, like, media representation, right? Mm-hmm. I like, I think there's something good um, I think representation is good. Yeah, and I'm all for, you know, people taking up space, um, people like me taking up space, people in other, like, of other minority groups taking up space and being in control of their narratives and, or at least trying to be, you know, trying to counter all these negative stereotypes that have been put out there and everything. I think that's beautiful and I think that's something that's worth celebrating and I think... Um, that's the part of media representation that I'm like, yes, 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 you know, and I think that is important. It should be there and people should feel and get to tell their own stories the way that they would love for their stories to be told. People need to be in charge of their own humanity, you know, and it's just, I think I, I, I think it's good and it's always um beautiful to watch people being celebrated to watch people that look like us or like Mm -hmm. type of thing being celebrated on like different global scales like when Mm -hmm. um i think miss south africa last year won miss universe that was like groundbreaking and everyone's yeah yeah, everyone celebrated that even though we all know how problematic pageants are and everything. <laughs> um, but the it was still like, uh, oh, wow. Giving. Yeah, and I think media representation, to me, just, hmm, 
it just doesn't go far enough because it's like it's, yeah. the moment. it's it's cute to watch tv and see this thing or to see these thing that like you hold so close to yourself being shown on a global scale and being i guess mm. celebrated and as you are celebrating it right and it's like yeah. in that space in that moment it, it feels good and it's cute yeah and <laughs> but after that i'm like okay then what yeah there's just it just it ends there for me and i just yeah because i'm just like trying to think like even so even like campus-wide diversity and inclusion events don't include african students we're not really our needs are not really being talked about mm-hmm. or even like taken into consideration kind of thing except if you have an african in that space if you have someone from the continent in that space sort of bring it up kind of thing no one else would like even like i don't know like campus-wide events or parties that are supposed to like be targeting or addressing diversity not like the diversity and inclusion events and campaigns I don't even think we are thought of as, I don't know, I, we're not a forethought, definitely. And I don't even think we're thought of, to be, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think we're all just like mashed under Black students kind of thing. Oh, yes. And my question is, <laughs> <laughs> which is something I, I actually... I've been thinking about in terms of representation. Also because okay. recently, what sparked this recently was that whole Kamara Harris debacle. Hectic. Um, the whole thing of representation and changing oppressive structures is that I think, I don't know, like when you're talking about like, cause there's a whole lot of conversations about abolishing, right? If we're yes. abolishing and changing those oppressive structures, mm-hmm. why then are we still fighting for representation within those same structures? Those same structures, okay. You know, to so, me, that seems a bit contradictory. Yeah, so... Hmm. So when we're speaking of abolishing... Ooh, that's a hard question. <clears throat> I think it is hard. I think when someone succeeds in a system, Mm -hmm. they tend to internalize the workings of that system. Mm -hmm. And when that system is oppressive, then we have a problem. So it's like when, and we see examples of that all the time. Like you see someone sort of, And that's why I'm also like skeptical of representation within oppressive systems. Because it's like when you have someone who's sort of who you would deem successful, they spew out, I want to use specific examples. Like we've all seen or heard Africans, a black folk who sort of made it, spew the same racialized nonsense we hear from the majority. Mm-hmm. perpetuate or sort of um, spew the whole bootstraps thing. So I, I, and I think that's where representation becomes problematic and kind of hinders abolitionist discourse. Because even when you have folks from marginalized communities sort of um, become visible and uh, represented, like when we see, so, uh, why am I getting tongue-tied? Um, yeah, so as I was saying, when people become successful, when marginalized people become successful within oppressive structures mm-hmm. or within a system, be, albeit, they tend to internalize the ways those systems work. So I don't know how said person could be, what can I say? I don't know how they could be helpful. Yeah. And, you know, like how helpful they, that they can be. I mean, obviously, the exception to the rule, you have people who are successful, who are still out here doing the good work. 
but most of the time we tend to see that people internalize oppressive doctrines, internalize the ways in which um, these systems work, these oppressive systems work, and they themselves become problematic and not really, and hence we don't see any form of impact from their position or their political power. I don't know if I'm making sense. I want to use a specific example, but like, so it's like when we see, uh, maybe that could be different because I don't think women need to be successful to become gatekeepers. But when we see women in positions, like positions of power in political positions, like when we see political representation, like women having political representation, but we're not really seeing that being um, reflected in like the wider society, reflected in like the status or like the living conditions of women. I mean, there are many, 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 many sides to this conversation. However, what we see is that once folks make it to the top, once they become what we call quote unquote successful, they, to, to a certain extent, internalize. Or even when, I don't know, like even after people who've gone to like schools abroad or certain things. Yeah. You know, it's like, we tend to internalize these systems as we move through them, particularly if we're moving with that upward mobility and on that like successful streak or whatever it is you want to call it. Mm -hmm. I think people most times tend to internalize that. And I don't know how helpful then we can be toward dismantling and, and abolishing these systems, which I think is what needs to be done. It's just, it's the reason why I'm like, we need to start thinking beyond representation, you know, like. The so you know what, actually, mm -hmm. um, I think, I think abolition thinks beyond representation. I think abolition is thinking beyond representation. Hmm, perhaps. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think abolition is thinking beyond representation, is what you would consider thinking beyond representation. Because I don't think abolitionists, like all the abolitionist works I've read, and like I follow a few people, I don't think, I don't even think representation think is up for discussion. It's not even, yeah, it's like, I think abolitionism is thinking beyond representation. Because I think we, I, I, and I think that's where we get, I think that's where we're getting to, that's when we get to abolition, like realizing that, look, having people who look like us represented may not be, the answer you know they come out at top being problematic as hell sometimes and they internalize the same oppressive workings that were sort of you know yeah they, they internalize the workings of the oppressive system so hence we need to get rid of the system there's no reforming that comes with this it can't be reformed representation cannot get us that reform so we, we might as well do away with it we need to do away with these systems huh i'm saying yeah do away with the whole thing throw it all away yeah so i think i think abolition abolitionism like abolitionist theory is sort of the thinking beyond representation because they're not saying we need more black capitalists or more black presidents or well I mean the presidency isn't really uh within this but like they're not saying we need more black anything they're saying we need to get rid of these oppressive systems period they don't we don't need the policing we don't need the prison industrial complex we don't need what else should we abolish capitalism we don't need them it doesn't work get rid of it and then at the end of it all we eat the men <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, uh, what, what is it? Abolish patriarchy. Kind of. It's like, yeah, patriarchy, capitalism, white supremacy. Well, I don't, it's like everything is just interconnected. But get rid of all of them. Like, we don't need none of these. 
I started an uh, Angela Davis book on the prison. A prison's obsolete. Yes, <laughs> but I just I haven't gotten into it. Into it, but yeah. Oh, I need to finish. It's actually up on my because I read it a while ago and I can't really remember anything. I'm going to read it after reading Heavy because Heavy is an easy read. I just have to sit one in one sitting. I'll I'll read it. I just want to take that up after. Because I wanted to read, oh, now we're digressing. Girl, let's come back to topic. We can talk about our readings later. Okay. And but still, on the same vein, I think it's, it's important that <laughs> when, I guess, people make it into those doors, I guess. Like um, having the seat at the table. I hate that thing because it's like, okay, you have a seat at the table and then what? <laughs> you can be kicked out of that table. You don't own Just <laughs> throw you out. The same way they gave you a seat, they can take it away. You have power, no control, whatever. And because we have all this, <laughs> you'll get to the table and. And that's why. <laughs> Honestly, with you and and that's why it honestly just irritates me when people use black capitalists and just like black billionaires as sort of examples or sort of exemplifying that capitalism works. You just have it's like don't let's not please like just don't like I don't know it's like like let's not. It's literally they're just like talking Billy. Like the, no, like let's just not. Honestly, truly. But same. I was still saying, um, I think people still <laughs> this is going to sound contradictory to everything I've just said, but in terms of like even in college campuses or wherever, like I still think there's a need for people to be in the room, like and represent, I guess other voices or minority voices in the space. I think that's still important, especially since we haven't abolished anything. Um, <laughs> the way you just said that. <laughs> but it's true. Since we haven't abolished anything, we might as well try and enter the rooms. Um, <laughs> and even in things like SGA, like being I don't know what having representation in SGA has ever done for us. I'm not sure. <laughs> I really shouldn't be laughing. This is such an important conversation, but um, I'm just so defeated. You know, so yeah, so here and now, since we haven't abolished anything, I don't even. I don't even want to call it representation. Even when you have black students on SGA, African students on SGA, I don't even want to call that representation. I don't even think I am comfortable calling it representation because I think we sometimes have people who are not. So you see, I don't want to say they're not actively pushing for issues that sort of affect black students or Africans in particular. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how the institution, because we know this institution is just not receptive. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're always talking about like, oh, we need to have a dialogue. We just need to educate each other. Or they mean like they need black students to educate others, but okay. Mm -hmm. Which it's a learning process. We just need the dialogue. However, I just don't think they're receptive to the learning process. <laughs> I, I don't know I, I also don't want to burden people with like being the voice of whatever because but I think honestly with power comes responsibility though so I'm not even worried about burdening anyone you want to be VP as a black student you have to speak up with mm -hmm. power comes responsibility and if you don't want the responsibility then don't go for power exactly. that's where I stand. Um, it might be harsh which is but, why I'm not in that space. I'm not, it is what it is. If you don't want to speak up, if you're just going to be a push around, then you don't need to be there. 
That's but true. with power comes responsibility. So if you want to be VP or if you're shooting for VP and you're shooting for all these like positions of power within SGA, then you have to be ready and you have to be held. You should be receptive, first of all, with like being held accountable for whatever it is you're going to do. And I don't know. I feel like you should be prepared going in that you are going because like we need people speaking for our experiences. Mm-hmm. speaking on behalf of like the others like not every of like there's not a seat at SGA for everyone so those who get to go there mm-hmm. have that responsibility to push forth our affairs and our issues and I don't even think it's like speaking on behalf of anyone but like speaking on behalf of the college experience for minority students particularly black students and African students That's so I think yeah so I think they just shouldn't just go there and be visible. They have to be like active participants for me to consider us being represented within SDA. If they're just visible and I see nothing, I really wouldn't consider representation. Yeah. So yes, guys, we think continue being in those spaces, getting into those rooms, and hopefully you move things, you know, <laughs> and you move things in our favor. And it's just... I don't even know. I don't even know. This was such a hard topic. It really is. It really is. But I also think the reason why representation is failing, part of the reason why I think one is because folks tend to internalize the workings of the system. And I think two, because the gatekeeping is heavy. Yeah. Like just even looking at Skidmore and when we try to push for certain things for like black students and like African students, a pushback you get. I think the gatekeeping is so heavy that representation sometimes falters. Like it doesn't even like make the difference we're hoping it would. Since these folks are gatekeeping and they are gate like they're there. (laughs) They're gatekeeping. (laughs) Like the gates are high. <laughs> and the keepers work overtime. They really <laughs> But yeah, like this was this was a difficult one, guys. And it really yeah, was a difficult one. People who get to the top and forget that they were once at the bottom because you've made it. Everyone must pick themselves up by the bootstraps. But it was <laughs> I have seen that time and time again that people just forget. <laughs> So quick to forget. Ah. So quick to forget. So quick. But I'm honestly curious to hear what everyone has to say. Like, I, so again, I guess just to reiterate what we've said or what I've said, I would just speak from the eye. <laughs> so you. I, love, yeah. I think we can i think visibility and most importantly representation is needed and it's important um but when abolition enters the discourse then representation leaves by default i don't think we can speak of the two within the same breath because i think that's why we're just contradicting ourselves i don't think i think they're antithetical kind of because abolitionism is getting rid of these systems it's not about having anyone be anything we're just not going to have oppression we're not just going to have oppressive systems rather here and now current political climate current cultural climate we do need and it's important to have representation and it's important to have folks just get it so like just get it do you know like folks who get it to be there because you can have folks there and they just don't get it which is more frustrating than just not having anyone there and I think another point we raised which we both agreed on was that diversity and inclusion campaign should just be rid of <laughs> in the, the current state the current the current form of diversity and inclusion projects and programs should honestly just be removed i don't know this was a really this is a really tough one it was but i'm glad we've we mumbled our way through it and i don't know let us know what you think these are just like 
I think this is like and I actually want to hear what everyone has to say about this I'm really curious like visibility and representation particularly within college campuses and like what that means for like black students or that means for international African students I'm really curious what others experiences have been yeah this is this is existential crisis like this <laughs> like, yes um thank you guys for joining us we shall be back with another episode at some point um with some point like <laughs> at this point they come out when they come out i don't even know when <laughs> um, but we will get another episode and follow please follow our twitter page and our instagram page and yeah i'll leave the handles on the description for this episode and thank you for joining us thank you guys and it's just an upward trajectory from here we promise